First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. If we're going to start moving, we have to start somewhere. So I am going to start back near the beginning. Do you remember the first time you deliberately lied to a grown-up? Now let's do the straw poll. How many of you was it about petty theft? We got a few. How many about was it about eating something you weren't supposed to have eaten? few of those. And the big one, how many of you was it about where you had been? For me, it was a, a sordid, absolutely sordid, involving standing with my jaw bulging out to here and a bunch of powdered sugar all over my grimy little paws, which also held the bubble gum wrapper. As I said, with all of the dignity I could muster, no, why do you ask? I don't have a piece of gum in my mouth. Whether you were the one who broke the window or stood there with paint smeared on your shirt and shoes, looking at the green footprints and swearing, you had no idea how they happened. It wasn't me. There was even a rap song a few years ago where that's the tagline, what me? That was our cry through childhood, quite a few of us. Wasn't me. Your parents may have stared at you with love and disappointment. Mine swear it was sheer surprise that I lied that badly and said, give it up, I know it was you. And when you're called out like that, what happens? You stand there dismayed at being seen. I know I was ashamed of my love for sugary stuff. I wanted to disappear, so the next time I got my hands on a wad of bubble yum, I got away with it. I figured out how to hide the evidence, at least until it ended up in my hair. Brand new humans, babies, children, they exist without knowing how to hide. They're open, they're unashamed. What you see is what you get. They pee on their own heads. They eat whatever they're interested in. They giggle at everything. They are absolutely themselves. In the Tanakh, or the Hebrew Bible, Adam and Eve are still the mythological first people, and they have this amazing vulnerability, just like babies. They're naked, they're unconcerned, in that story, their God is actually with them. They're in the garden. Their God is not some distant theological construct. It is walking among the trees. And it tells them that there's only one rule. It personally tells them face to face, hi, I'm God, here's the rules. Don't eat from that tree. That one right there. No ifs, no ands, no buts. 
that tree will give you the knowledge of good and evil. Like any other innocent children, like any other human, as soon as their God turned its back, they go, wow, that tree looks wonderful. Let's go investigate the uh, potential involved in, you know, say, eating it. And they head for the tree, and they get a piece of fruit, and they eat. And there they are, with their hands all sticky and their lips bulging with fruit. And their eyes open wide, and they realize, oh no, we're naked. So they hide, and they wait. And they sew together some leaves to cover all the bits that they have, which they just have realized are out in the open. And then they hide some more. And their God, who's been walking around the trees, calls out, Aika! Aika! It means, where are you? Now, Adam was a little brighter than he looked, and he realized that God wasn't actually asking which shock of bushes he was currently hiding out in. So he goes for the gold. He says, over, over here, Lord. I, um, I heard your voice and I was afraid because, see, I, I knew that I was naked. So I, I, I hid in, in this bush here. And God starts to tap its toe and says, okay, who told you about this naked thing? Uh-oh. Like any three-year-old who has just realized there's an inner and an outer world, Adam first hid his bits, then he hid his whole body, and then he tried to hide his guilt. God has called him out. Who told you about this naked thing? And without hesitation, what do you think he said? She did it. <laughs> and Eve stepped up boldly and said, there was this snake. <laughs> he made me do it. The first mistake, the first sin, if you will, that Judaism and Christianity and Islam all recognize isn't murder or rape or even theft. Adam wasn't afraid because he took fruit he wasn't supposed to eat. I was afraid because I was naked. I was afraid that you would see me. I was ashamed of what I was showing the world. I was ashamed that you might see where I had screwed up. The story of Adam and Eve is about the moment when relationship is damaged, when covenant between people is broken and trust is shattered. It's also about that moment when someone you thought you knew does something and you find yourself asking, Aika, where are you? Who are you? Where's the real you behind your actions? As a child that believes that all things are one, a child doesn't know yet how to lie. And there's no hiding. Here I am. I did it. Your kid will paint your wall in black paint and go, yep, that was me. 
But as we age, that kind of nudity is unbearable. Ever ask a 13-year-old? Was that you that, that tripped out there? Oh, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't want you to see me. I put on layer after layer to hide the nakedness. Wasn't me. Starts playing all over again. And I'm absolutely fascinated by the differences between the Jewish version and the Christian version of the Adam and Eve story. Because it matters. In the Christian text, once God realizes what Adam and Eve have done, God makes them garments of skin to replace their leaf coverings. He gives them leather pants. This is taken to mean by theologians that God actually used animal hides to make clothing, and it's heartbreaking. This is an act that says the parent realized the child has entered into a permanent state of hiding the vulnerability that they're now aware of, and the parent's happy that they should do so. Wait a minute. This is like your child saying to you, someone said I was ugly, and you say to them, not, you're perfectly imperfect just as you are, but yeah, about that, let me buy you a mask. That's not the message that we as Unitarian Universalists want to support. The Hasidic Jewish version is different. It says that garments of skin is a literal phrase that prior to this point in this mythos, Adam and Eve were beings of pure light. They were not flesh and blood, simply pure inner light, the essence of what it means to be human. In that moment of clothing the soul in flesh, humanity became a physical creation, and that creation was itself a lie because it made humans forget about their inner sacredness, the fact that they were holy just for being human. And instead, it made them become so accustomed to hiding in their own flesh that they could no longer see that fire in themselves or in others. Their actions caused by their physical bodies were a lie, a way of coping with their environment and their culture and their physical situation, which none of that reflected that sacred humanity underneath. That's the opposite of the Christian version. In the Hasidic version, God didn't forget that holy fire made up humans. God tried to let them know that God wanted them to be seen. Aika, Aika, where are you? Even knowing they had eaten, even knowing they had done something God asked them not to do, God still wanted to see them, didn't want them to hide. Even mistaken, even embarrassed, foolish, misguided, their God said to them, show yourself, be real with me, come on, it's okay. I'll dress you for your sake because you're worried. But let me see the real you. Aika, where are you? A 
As Unitarian Universalists, the divine of our hearts, which may be the spirit of humanity, may be a god or a goddess, may be just being the best we can be, it calls out to us to ask that same question of everyone we meet. Ica, where are you? Where is the you-ness of you? Who is the being of fire under the obscuring cover of circumstance and physicality and essential lies? To the prisoner in the new Jim Crow jail, to the undocumented person, to the substance abuser, to the scared and the tired and the all screwed up, to the impossibly perfect, to the rich, to the poor, to the famous, to the infamous, the saints, the sinners, everyone else. Ica, I don't care about all that. Ica, where are you? Where is your you-ness? Each child born is a holy child, a child made up of that divine light, covered only by garments of skin. As holy children ourselves, it's our responsibility to call one another, to remain in honest relationship, to see the inner lights burning, to let our own lights show. Where are you? Where have you been? How does it feel to come out from under those bushes to get caught with your fig leaf down? How does it feel to be honest, to be naked? How does it feel to know you can be seen with compassion and that what you have done, all the things that have taught you that you were naked, are not beyond understanding? Your errors don't define you. Your flesh itself is a hiding place for the divine. Under the clothing of skin you're wearing, you are made of fire. And that nakedness is awesome. Now, Adam and Eve hid together. You notice none of these stories say they hid from one another. Did you ever wonder about that? Adam wasn't going, Eve, could you turn your back a bit? They were sitting in that bush together. They both knew they'd eaten the fruit. It's easy to be yourself when you feel like the other person isn't judging you. It's easy to avoid shame and guilt when everybody is just like you, a maker of mistakes, a trier again. But when God shows up, and in modern terms, when somebody you respect, when your parent, when your older sibling, when your boss, when somebody you think highly of, then you hide, then you're ashamed. To be able to be naked, we need to teach the world that it's okay to witness and be filled with compassion. We need that divine, that parent, that other human being, that whoever, to be kind. When we are the one doing the seeing, we need to see the person. We need to see the fire. We need to be the witness who sees the gum in the cheek, the chocolate on the hands, the paint on the shoes, 
and knows that the bad isn't the entirety of who that person is. The mistake isn't all. We need a witness who won't let us hide, but reminds us that we are a product of all we have done, and underneath we are fire. (coughs) We need a witness who can ask us, Ika, where are you? For myself, I learned this the hard, hard way. When I was 20, I didn't have a safe place to live. I was going to college with no money, very little food. And my university did something terrible. They closed for the holidays without giving me a gold-plated invitation to make plans. And all of a sudden, I realized I couldn't even collect food scraps from the dining hall. I didn't know what I was going to do. A lot of people lived on the streets, and I learned quickly it wasn't safe to curl up and just go sleep somewhere. So we would sit, five or six or ten of us, on a wall behind a thriftway store. (coughs) Throughout most of the night when it wasn't safe. And the store would put all of its out-of-date food, right? And some of you may have seen this, they put all the bread out, or they put the leftover cake out. And sometimes they'd put a table out so the dumpster divers wouldn't get in the dumpster. They'd just take the stuff. Usually there's a sign on it for the birds. We were some big birds. And we would sit and we would talk and we would laugh and sometimes we'd smoke and sometimes the security guard would chase us. And I'd put on my little Sony Walkman headphones and stare him down as I stomped off. I'd sneak back two hours later and get chased again. But a few nights before Christmas, the temperature dropped, really dropped. And finally, there were only two of us left on the wall. The shelters were full. We didn't have anywhere else to go, even in a snowstorm. At the time, at five foot eight, I weighed 121 pounds. I was wearing a fleece-lined jean jacket with two or three shirts, a pair of jeans, and no socks. My friend had on high heels, and she dropped a man's shirt around her head. At 3 a.m., the security guard, that same middle-aged black guy that typically chased us, came out to run us away, except this time he stopped, and he really looked. We weren't dangerous. We weren't monsters. Ika, where are you? I was Middle Eastern with hair down to my rear end. She was white with a chopped off bob. Ika, where are you? We were two scared and tired and beat up hungry kids, a long way from home with no homes to go to. And so this man went back inside, and he came out with two cups of hot chocolate. He asked our names and why we were there. He asked about my Sony Walkman, which he hadn't seen me slam on my head and stomp away with lately. When he found out I didn't have any more batteries, he went and bought me some. He got us some food, and then he opened up his car to two kids that he didn't know and said, you can sleep here. It's all I got, but it's out of the storm. Aika, where are you? 
in that moment of being seen, really seen and still cared for as a human being, both of us saw a flash of our own fire reflected in his blazing light of kindness. We saw that we mattered. We might have been dirty, tired, hungry. We mattered. It feels safer to hide your light. It hurts to show the truth of who we are. It's embarrassing and vulnerable and naked and raw to show the world. But deep peace comes with being yourself, with exposing your fire. We come together in this place as a community to try as hard as we can to look at one another without our garments of skin. We come together to be naked, to witness one another, to love one another anyway. We're called to go out into the world and do the same thing for our neighbors, and everybody is our neighbor. One life at a time, if necessary. Ika, where are you? Tell me about the Eunice of you. We can't spit out the fruit of the tree. We know when we're naked. We'll always know where we've been and what we've done, but that doesn't mean we have to wear it forever. We can choose to make it right. The Adam and Eve story is a metaphor, not a theological condemnation. Take off the garments of skin you've put on and wear the light you were born to wear. You're not your circumstances. You are not every error you've ever made. You're not your job, your mistakes, your wealth, your poverty, or any of a thousand other things. You're holy. And so are all the rest of us. And we're called to honor that light. And so you will probably never hear this in a church again. But when you leave today, go forth and be naked. (laughs) Amen.